0: Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and I have a fantabulous guest today. I have Benson Fox, owner of Fox Coaching. Hey, Benson.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I am fantabulous because I got to talk to you, and I'm so excited to share all of your knowledge and experience with our uh, guests today. So can you introduce yourself to, to listeners and viewers?
1: Sure, sure. So my name is Benson Fox. I'm 26 years old. Um, I'm an Orthodox Jew. Uh, I'm a major, um, I studied, I have a bachelor's in Talmudic law actually. Uh, so that means I I studied Talmud in post high school for a lot, a lot of years. <laughs> um, I studied in Israel for four years. I came back, studied a bit here. Um, I'm also, I did a major in psychology separate from that. i um, graduating from Turo College and I'm currently a second year psychology doctoral student in this in Adelphi University's school side d program at Adelphi um I just said that <laughs> Adelphi University and then um I'm also currently an extern therapist at Brooklyn College and I've been doing a certified transformation coach and crisis counselor um, and I've been doing the transformation coaching for the past um two and a half years
0: So you are one of the only people that I know that's like me that has psychology background and does coaching. Can you tell everyone what made you do coaching? Because I think a lot of people think that coaching and therapy are extremely different, but there are some parallels. So can you describe what made you do coaching, start a coaching business?
1: Oh yeah. So I thought coaching was a joke. Um, I'm like, I'm a. (laughs) that's what I thought. I'm like, let's just do a PsyD program. I'm like, I, I'm spending ten year, like eight years, whatever it is, on becoming a psychologist. And these little these coaches think, without a certification or even with like a three month something, that they could do the same thing. You know, yep. <laughs> that's that's not that's not real life. Um. So what happened was, so I'll tell you how it happened. I'll tell you how I drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> 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 happened was is that I I was applying for PsyD program and I wanted to boost up my resume, get a little more experience so that they could take me more seriously. It's hard to get in. Um, and there was, I had an opening of the summer. I saw an ad for a coaching program. I'm like, you know what? It's cute. It'll like, I'll dabble a little bit. I don't really plan to actually use it for coaching. You know, it's, it's nice. Um, and then um, when I did it, I realized that there is a different role for a coach versus a therapist. Um, and I realized just like a plumber doesn 't need the same amount of training and years of experience as a as a let's say a neurosurgeon um, doesn't mean the plumber or the electrician you know they go to whatever a trade school or something it doesn't mean that they're less qualified to do what they do um, and I think the biggest distinction would be that a coach really deals with um, your goals gets mm-hmm. you to your goals um, and a therapist is primarily there to treat your mental health um, and I think when they're when you start dabbling or you cross lines, I think that's where it could get. Um, you, there's a potential for it to be a little. D- um, you could cause problems, I think, for people when you when the coach is like, "Oh, I could do it. I cause results for everyone, and I could do whatever I want." Um, so I think it is important to know what what the roles are of each. But I think that both are individual skill sets, and they're both really important. And I saw and I see firsthand what the results are I get from my clients in the coaching. And if I would just be like, oh, I need to be credentialed and this and that, I wouldn't have it. I have my video testimonials of these people. If I would just wait to to impact the world another three years when I finish school, then there's a three three years of, of me missing, you know, not taking God's gifts that he gave me to help people. And something that I am qualified, I do have the training and education for this role to play in their lives.
0: Absolutely, you said it best because i I struggled when I was finishing my master's on whether I wanted to be licensed or not, and every job I look for, or you know consulting anything, especially in mental health, they want a license, and I didn't want to limit my ability to help people when I was working in the treatment centers, I struggled with the fact that a therapist plays a role just to you know basically create measurable goals, a treatment plan, and you work towards, you know, whatever those mental health goals may be so that you can kind of um, treat the symptoms, you know, and, you know, get better and maintain whatever that may be. But when we look at, you know, anxiety, depression, and a lot of the things that impact our confidence, that creates barriers to success. And so coaches are more available to hold our hands through a lot of our you know, walking the walk and talking the talk, I think, than, you know, therapy. And I think it's extremely important for most people to build a team. You know, we talk about it in business, we build a team, you know, and if you have a chronic illness or cancer or something, you have a team of doctors. But I think that people need to understand it is is extremely important to do both. You need to have a therapist and it's also beneficial to have a coach. They work together. I mean, you know, people that are inpatient and in services, they have their doctor, their specialist, a case manager, aftercare, and we don't do that for ourselves. If we're healthy, if we're not forced to, if we don't have an intervention or a crisis, we take a lot of that for granted. And I think that we need to, as you said, educate people on what coaching is, because I remember I told my mom, I was a coach and my mom has an MSW and she was like, what? Like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, No, serious, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, and and a lot of people think like you said, and it's really, it's such a gift. It's a gift that so many people deserve.
1: Yes, yes. There's so many things that you just said there, um, and, and so many of them that I loved. One thing I loved about what you said is that I think from the from both the coaching world and the psycho and the like therapy world. I think there's a lot of this, like I'll call it sneering at each other, mocking Mm -hmm. almost like, like, oh, they think with their pieces of paper that they have that they can, (laughs) it's the only thing that matters is that you can just help people. And then you'll find the opposite way, like where I was coming from. And I was like, this is a joke. They think that after with with basically no education, with no, these programs have these joke accreditations that they can now feel that they could do the same thing that I spent years of supervision, Mm -hmm. educating, training experience to do. And I love what you said that it's based, I, I agree that's because there's different roles um, that you should have, why, shouldn't you, why should not you have to wait for a crisis to, 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 uh, to help yourself? Why, why do you need a problem to, to optimize your life? The language yeah. that people use for this is that I think you could use both. And I think both worlds are important and good. And I, I don't think we need to make it into this binary that one is good and one's not. So I like that about what you said. I also like that we don't need a crisis to get, to get help. And I think the language we use is that, oh, do you need a coach? Why do you need to need? Yep. Right? You yep. Don't, it should, the standard shouldn't be needing. The standard should be, is it worth it for me? Well, mm-hmm. what I'm investing, the money, time, um, and effort I'm investing pay off to me in getting the real results in my life. And overwhelmingly, if you get yourself a good coach, the answer is yes.
0: Absolutely. So what is the premise behind paying for results? Because I'll tell you, that was my struggle with even, you know, when I started coaching, it's like, what are you telling people like? But but can you break that down? Because people will invest in a lot of things, but they tend not to invest in themselves. Why is that?
1: Um, so the easy answer is stigma. (laughs) That's the easy (laughs) answer. And it's true. There is, but there is less of a stigma for coaching, I find, than for therapy. Absolutely. um, Which is good.
0: Absolutely. Um
1: so that's the easy answer. I don't think that's the full story. I think part of the story is that in order for you to give something to someone else or to give something to yourself, I think it ha- it really oftentimes needs to have been done before by someone else. And I'll tell you what I mean by that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You can only, I think it's the premise that you can only give what you have received. So mm-hmm. I think Yes, yeah, so it's a little deep stuff here, but That's profound. Yeah, so basically, let's say you have a um a person who's never received love before from someone else. From a parent for whatever reasons, we're not getting into the blame and whose fault whether it's the love languages and it's just a miscommunication of love, what or or is neglect, abandonment, abuse, whatever the reasons are, you know, without even those more extreme examples, but whatever the reasons are, um they didn't receive it, then you can't communicate love to yourself oftentimes because you don't even know firstly you don't even know what that looks like mm-hmm. um it's foreign mm-hmm. um and and also because you could receive the communication that maybe you're not deserving of it so that's i right. think when when people are refused to invest in themselves oftentimes it could be a message that's coming from they, they had no one that invested in them so therefore they don't even know what investing in themselves looks like and they also may not even think that they deserve to be someone that is worthy of investing in?
0: You know, I can totally relate to everything that you just said, because I remember when I was a single mom, I used to feel like going to get a massage or my nails done. I used to think that that was taking food out of my kids' hands. I I knew what self-care was, but I never felt like I deserved to pay for doing something for myself. You know, it was okay if I needed underwear, it was okay if I needed food, but like if I did anything for enjoyment, for relaxation, I felt like it was a luxury and not a necessity. And I really want people to understand that your mental health, your well-being, your mindset is the driving force for everything else. And I've learned in my own personal life more now than ever that your mindset impacts your physical abilities, it impacts your professional performance, it impacts your relationships, it impacts your earning potential, it impacts every element of our lives. And I just, I don't know, you got me wanting to preach right now. But yes, that is the whole premise behind coaches. Coaches help people find homeostasis they help people implement and execute the things in their lives that they need to do to get to where they're trying to go is that right
1: i i don't think you need my approval but yes i, I love that <laughs> yeah that's that sounds preach keep preaching that <laughs> we need to hear you preach
0: you got we don't, we don't
1: you got have you preaching enough
0: you got me on a tangent, like you, you helped me, you know, describe it better, but you, you also use the word optimize, I love to, to take notes, you, you said the word optimize, and I think that that's a word that we only associate with health, you know, you hear everybody talk about optimal health, you know, and it's like, well, there's other parts of our lives that we need to optimize and, and elevate and, and all that, so I'm gonna go back to your story, though, can you tell us what inspired you? to go into psychology or the helping profession to, you know, that led you to Fox coaching.
1: Okay. Um, So I actually dug deep on this one time. I've actually gave it a lot of thought. Um, um, This is what I came up with that I'll first broaden it and then I'll bring it into myself. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was trying to understand what, what makes people passionate to do anything you know, everyone here is, you know, go go pursue your passion. What makes something a passion? And I don't mean let's say like passion to sin, like that type of passion. I'm talking about like a long term motivation type of mm-hmm. that word passion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to understand what's the source for it. And I started to see a notice a pattern. Um, that the people who were passionate about what they did, it related to their own experiences in some way. And what I and what I came to understand is that they're coming, this is deep. And it's not just true for mental health field, and I'll say in a second, it's they're coming to heal their pain.
0: A met need. Yes. Right.
1: So mm-hmm. they're coming. So whether so mental health field, it's very much easier to do it. So it's like um, a substance abuse counselor. Chances are they struggle with substance abuse at some point. Yep. You know, yep. someone who's out helping other people get more religious. Their chances are they had struggled with religion at some point in lives. So those are the most passionate people, but there's often, even an accountant, I think can also face a similar dynamic where they're pursuing accounting if they're passionate about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that they, did, they lived a life that was very, had too much chaos, you know, and therefore they're, they're going, they're receiving their healing from their pain points of, of, of just having this instability and chaos through Excel spreadsheets and everything's the number and I could just Water. dial it in and access it from anywhere. So I think a big chunk of it for myself was trying to heal my own pain points in helping others in this way. Um, But also I think that another source of passion, and this is something else that someone else exposed me to is that love could also be a source of passion. Um, And I think love ultimately is a more powerful source of passion in people's lives. So for example, a person's child, I think most many parents are very passionate about their children. Mm -hmm. And I think, it's not because the children it could be because the children are a pain point for them. I think that's usually going to be true, actually, overwhelmingly true, actually. Yeah. But, but, but I think the bigger motivation, the more most, more powerful motivation is, is love. So I think, I think partly it's coming to heal myself, but I also, I think it's partly um, a very humanistic, like love, love for humanity that I, I think I come from that as well. And I think both things help propel me in having that passion to, to get people real results in their lives to be authentic to be transparent with them and make sure that they're walking away with something very real from 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 my services
0: i'm still stuck on love authenticity passion i wrote down the source of passion that you went deep then, you went a lot deeper than what people think and you know a lot of people dismiss this i see people all the time that aren't doing what they want to do are not doing what they love. And I asked you to break it down because I really want to resonate with those people. You have a lot of people who have an unmet need or they have overcome something and they want to help others. But they may be, you know, stuck in a job or doing something and afraid to take that leap to do what they really love because they don't know what it looks like. And I think in when me and you were talking, you said that we're afraid of the unknown and we're afraid of what's foreign. And and what do coaches always say? Get uncomfortable. You can't reach your goal in a comfort zone. What do you, what's, your, what's your take on that? I want to hear your philosophy on that.
1: So my philosophy, I agree with it, but I also come from a different modality as well, different perspective. Okay. Um, and that's, I think that discomfort, I think you should listen to discomfort a lot. Um, I think, so let me take a step back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going so deep on all these things. No, no, no. Go deep. Okay. Okay. I'll keep going. I'll preach. Right? Preach. Preach. preach.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, here we go. Um The premise that I have is that every part of a person is good. Um that's that's number one. Number two is that everything that you see in the world someone else doing, there's a part of you that is the same thing as that that goes for the most righteous the most joyous the most pure is the driven snow people and that goes to the darkest the most deviant. evil the most no. deviant murderous abusive there's a part of every there's a part of them that that's a part of you already inside of you not not a potential not not only a potential but it's already a part of you and that is those are a good part of you and it really goes into a deeper discussion of what does even evil or something like that even look like because it's not this like it's not a Disney person with the horns and, and the black and the, and the, and the evil laugh and the, you know, it's, it's, it's a good person that's been through a lot in their lives and is, is learning to cope and heal in this way. That's right. So, so that's my premise is that every part of a person is good. So when I hear like the words, so therefore when your person has some type of negative affect, meaning anger, mm-hmm. discomfort, pain, all of these are not, these aren't problems. These aren't fears. It's not like you hear in the coaching world, and this is something that I disagree with. Be your fearless today. What's standing on the other side of your fears? You know, you know? so for me, it's, fear is great. Fear is, fear is your friend. Fear is a communication. It's telling you something. It's saying there's a threat here, stay away. The problem, and this is where people get hurt, is that they blame their fears for being paralyzed and stuck in their lives. It's not your fear's fault. The problem is that there, there are many other parts of you that don't have a voice in your life. Mm. So you need to, you don't need to take away the fear. You need to add some more voices. You need to add the voice of I am important. You need the, the voice I can make an impact. You need the voice of I I I am competent. I have accomplished. I you know, I am good. And then when you add those other voices, then you also listen to the fear, and then you create it, integrated. You synthesize all these different voices together as the leader, as the CEO of your little company, with all these voices, um, and you bring them together to create a cohesive, holistic decision that that taps into the agenda of each and every one of these voices. So you're going to listen to the fear, and he, the fear is going to make sure you stay protected. But if that's the only voice that you have talking, then you're just going to stay in a shell in an underground nuclear bunker with, 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 with a 50-year supply of food and air. So, so that's what you're going to look like if your fear is the only voice. But if you, you need to do is add a voice, you know what? A certain amount of risk is okay for me to pursue because I want to make a difference because I also have a love from a family, and I have a love – to make a difference in this world and help people in some ways. And then that makes you go out and then you add another voice. And then what ends up happening is the more voices you let in, the more protected, but also the more you are living your life in sync with every single part of yourself, the more whole you are, the more internal, the more harmony, the more balance, the more joy you're going to experience in your life. And the smartest decisions you'll make too. That
0: was deep. And and I, I agree with everything you said. You know, I am one of those people who loves Dexter, Criminal Minds, I Am Homicide, Snap, and people are, they're afraid when they're around me because I'm watching it, but I, I worked in the prison for 10 years and you will find some of the most intelligent, creative individuals with the label of deviant. And as you said, they're the same people they're the same but there are experiences and characteristics as you say you know we all have multiple voices and and we tap into some and we ignore others and I think like you said when we have a cohesive you know approach to life when we process these things with the appropriate people when we are able to manage them in a cohesive manner i can see how that is the optimal solution it it, it and i think there's so many people living in imposter syndrome as we talk about all the time as coaches because you have a lot of people who are afraid to to be authentic with whatever they're feeling whatever they're thinking and whatever they ultimately want because we tend to do what we think others want us to do versus what we really want to do.
1: And and my approach to that is that imposter syndrome is a wonderful thing. It's a very useful tool to prevent yourself from getting hurt, from not meeting the expectations of others. It's kind of like when people have a fear of, um, they have a fear of success because what the fear of success is rooted in is a, what they see as an inevitable, eventual failure and that sting and shock of the failure they're protecting themselves from so let's say as a coach you know i'll say oh i'm not really a good coach i don't think of myself as a coach that way when i get in a podcast with you and you're like oh benson he's he's not a good coach and you know and i'll be like yeah i know instead of me being like oh, i can't believe it you said i'm not a good coach and i'm all stung and hurt now so by me having imposter syndrome that's a very powerful and effective defense for me getting all from from limiting and minimizing the amount of shock and pain I will have from others when they reject me and they see me as a fraud because I already I already accepted it you can't hurt me now very clever very useful
0: yeah it's like a protective mechanism and it's so interesting how we view ourselves you know that's that's the thing that I think most people need to get over and it's a process i think a lot of people expect results like really, really soon, you know it's like okay, we've identified what the barrier is now, I want it fixed like right now, so what is your attitude and your perspective on the process of you know um what is that what what, what process is that that you I'm sure you know exactly what i'm saying
1: <laughs> i do I do so but i the way I understand what you're saying is like what what level of like i think patience do you need in order to what um <laughs>
0: What, what's the, what's the, um, a reasonable expectation for the change process?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it depends really how deep the work you want to do. Um, I, th- I think you get your sense for me that for me, I, I, I yeah. Do you want to go right? Are you looking to, for a surface, more like surface functionality or are you looking for deeper healing or are you looking for both? Yeah. I, my program that what I do is I, I do both. I have like a parallel process running at the same time Ooh. um, because I believe that both are very important. You, you know, cause if you do sometimes you'll find some therapists that are very good at doing healing work, but sometimes it can end up being like, like you're doing an open heart surgery of someone for, for three years. <laughs> so <laughs> that, 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 that doesn't work. They, they You're opening them up for infection. They're stuck in the hospital. That that's, you're delving into the unconscious and you're doing great work but that's that doesn't really work for people they that have a
0: life. they're sicker now they got problems you know, they did
1: not have before but it does create new problems i'm saying i think they do heal some things that they did wrong but but it also it's um it also what did you want to say <laughs>
0: No, you, 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 you made a point. Like you were saying, you know, you, you got to make a choice of whether you just want to scratch the surface or do you really want to dig deep and heal? Because there's a difference between addressing something and the actual healing. You know, and I always say in, in, my, in my stuff, heal, deal, and grow. Because, you know, it's a difference between healing and there's a difference between dealing. Dealing is basically um, addressing something, but healing is different. It's like you're, you're, you're opening it up you're, you're um, disinfecting, you know, you're, you're patching, and then you're waiting for, you know, the scab to come, and, and, and you know, th- there's a difference between that and just dealing, like, I identified that I have a problem, but, you know, now I know that it's a problem, okay, what are you gonna do about it, you know, so I get what you're saying, the 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 open heart surgery. I'm so visual. I was all in it and I'm seeing him open up and I'm looking at him for three years, like all the bacteria coming in. And <laughs> but that's what a lot of people do too. And I think that a lot of people don't get the results that they want because they may start the process, open it up, get afraid, be uncomfortable, not really want to do the work. And then they're out and then they're like, oh, it didn't work for me.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree because I, I actually thought that I misspoke when I said it because I don't think it's so much that people get more problems from the open surgery. I don't think that's true. But I think it, they, they, what that happens is, is that they become like basically paralyzed until the deeper healing is completed. But mm-hmm. people's lives need to function during those years too. So I do think that the healing will create a level of optimal functioning that you can't really compete with, with just focusing on the functionality and the service. Going into self-help book and the cold shower, discipline, morning routine, night routine, that that will help you. And that's something that will come naturally to you once you're healed. And those are good things to do. Um, But I think what's important about what you said is that usually when people go in this process, they end up leaving it after like a year or two, they'll say, so like, say, they'll say talk therapy or whatever thing doesn't work mm-hmm. when really the needs, as you said, and I think you really were on target when you said that people's expectations need to understand that when you're doing the healing work, the healing will only be as fast and as optimal, firstly, based on how much you show up, yep. you know, with vulnerability, with courage and yep. willingness to go in where it hurts and, and go and then go that level deeper that hurts more. And then realizing that that's a defense and then there's that deeper layer and that and then you find the one thing that's behind all that in your life then you feel crushed then Mm -hmm. you mourn the loss and then you build yourself back up so if you're not willing to do that and you're like just expecting a coach or therapist to do it that's not that's not going to work um so it needs to come with expectation of how long it's going to take of what an expectation of what you're bringing to the table, and an, 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 and an understanding that the process can end up taking longer based on what's uncovered, and how much and what your what your goals are for for what you want to accomplish. If your goals keep on expanding and growing because you're seeing more and more aspects of yourself that you want to heal and optimize um, or create higher levels of functionality, then then it's going to take longer. And that's not the coach's fault. That's not your fault. It's just it's just now we need to shift the goalpost of what you're looking for. And that's why when I work with people, I try to get very, very clear. So let's say I'm working, a client comes on the phone with me. I'll be like, um, "Where do you, you want to work together for on anxiety? I'll be like, okay, from zero to 10, where's your anxiety now? They'll be like seven and a half. And I'll be like, okay, where do you want to go? They're like, zero. I'm like, that's not a good goal. <laughs> I'm like, we need, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> you love like that, like I'm just transparent with him.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: I'd be like, no. we need a 2.5. We love the fear. Fear is our friend. We don't want to get rid of him. We need it just to have him in more balance. Control, we So we're like, yeah. let's, get to, let's get him to a two and a half. But that way you can hold me accountable with getting you to that result. If you're mm-hmm. going into open-ended, I think it creates a frustration on both sides because it's a pressure for me to give you endless results and value
0: mm-hmm.
1: to keep you coming. And it comes mm-hmm. a frustration your end. He's not giving me what I really wanted from when I came in. And that's why I think it's good when you're having these relationships to kind of negotiate them from the beginning, what results, how long it's going to be, get very, very concrete and specific and have a, a dual commitment to that result for both a coach and a therapist.
0: Now, you, you highlighted on something that I want you to just ping on just for a sec. You said it's based on goal setting. And I think that I, I think a lot of people need to dig deep and determine what is their goal because I think you asked me this a minute ago or something similar. And it's so interesting because we're vague. We're like, Oh, I want to be here. Okay. But we need a measurable goal. So what is your advice? You know, when you're working with someone or, you know, somebody that may be ready to hire a coach, like what type of coach do they, they need to look at, what would you tell them how to identify their, their optimal goals or goals?
1: That's a, that's a big question. (laughs) Um, First thing I would say is I think it's important to know how to filter through candidates because I, I think Ooh. both of us know, Anika, that this our field is flooded with people who who don't, don't, who don't know what they're doing now because the bar of entry is too low. So both of us, we, we have some serious credentials, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I said in the beginning of my call, my stuff, but when I heard about yours, I was like, wow, right? There's, you got serious amount of experience, training, education, and there are many people in the field since the bar of entry is so low. So here's what I would suggest to someone who's like trying to find someone. I would tell them this. First thing is make sure you get the right person. The number one factor in getting the right person is the, is the chemistry. But what other ways to filter down to, before you jump on a call to see if you have that chemistry is do they do they have at the least an undergraduate degree? You know, do they have? Um, do they get certified as a coach from the ICF and an ICF accredited program? I would say that's, um, it doesn't mean they need all of these things, but I would say mm-hmm. these are things to keep in mind. Are they, do they, are they also a psychologist? Are they licensed in that way? So that's on the education side, of field things. Mm-hmm. I would also say, look for testimonials. Don't just say, Oh, I could get you this. How do you know? How do you know that you get, maybe they're very nice people and, and, and they got a good education, but maybe they're not very good at what they do. So yeah. get make them show you not just you know I would say get make them show you either get them on a phone with someone um, of a previous client or get a a video testimonial Um, and then the last thing I would say um, so that's education training and then just see how long they've also been doing this for you know if they started you know like a month ago you know i don't know if that's the best option but but again it's all these things are things to keep in mind but realize that the number one metric scientifically proven to be the factor that makes the biggest difference is none of is the only thing that i said that actually makes the biggest difference is really the chemistry but i do think though that you do want to have someone that knows what they're doing too and that those are good ways to filter it through um in terms of let's say defining the result though um i would say j- Just that focus on a result. Don't focus on a process. So like people say, I'm going because I have depression. Don't go say I'm having someone to help me deal with depression. Go say I want to have someone that's going to um get me to something very concrete and specific. So it'd be like to get up in the morning and feel like I have some energy. You know, so I would say get the result, don't go, don't look at the problem as the definition of what you're looking for for someone, you know, don't go to a depression coach. Go for a get up in the morning coach, kind of, if you, yeah. if you, if you understand what I mean by that.
0: Yep, yep. And you, you said chemistry and I circled it because in all the, the podcasts and everything I've had, I've never heard anybody say chemistry and that is what I think is missing in so many failed relationships, whether it be professional, personal, whatever. I think we discount that we discount the necessity to have chemistry and this goes for even the business owners you know in in meetup groups and networking and all that and and collabs you know everybody wants the jv and it's like wait a minute like everybody doesn't need to work with everybody if you're not in alignment then you know don't go into it if it doesn't feel right and i think chemistry is you can do anything when you have that gel you have you just it it's so powerful and it's so important and I'm so glad that you highlighted that. So now I want to ask you, who do you help and what results do you provide? Because this is all about you. And you gave us some good insight for a lot of people, but you also are extremely, I don't know, I don't know, you're intuitive. Like you just, you have like a world of experience, a world of knowledge, and your perspective is so. I don't know. You broke me down to my knees. So, <laughs> tell listeners and viewers how you help and who you help.
1: I'm saying it's a big honor to hear that coming from someone like yourself. Um, really, um, thank you. I was like, because on the inside, I feel like I'm just this 26 year old kid. So, <laughs> hearing Not that, from you, it, 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 mean, it means a lot. It does. It means a lot. Um, I work with um, I work people trying to establish really balance harmony and joy in their lives and you know so most people i work with are jewish men you know but i I am open to working with anyone and the way i get you to those results is you know i have we create daily texting accountability where you tell me what you're based on the daily action items we um i have a video course with you know 18 video modules as well as quizzes to give you like the psych ed you know to give you the resources the that. tools you know so that we don't during the sessions we're not spending time educating you you already know all of that stuff already mm-hmm. um and that and then we have our group sessions where you get support from a, a group of people who are working on you know similar challenges and struggles to get there and you get type of support that i can't give you in a one-on-one session and that's like mm-hmm. a, you know hour and 15 minutes once a week and then we also have the day the weekly sessions. so between all of that um i you know with with everything that all those things that I offer, I've been very successful in helping them get to that balance. And it's really doing the deeper work of not just overcoming your fears and overcoming depression, overcoming, challenging, breaking down, eliminating, and just really coming to understand where it's coming from, respecting every part of yourself and realizing every part of yourself is good. And that is the way I help people get to that end result.
0: What made you choose this group of people
1: to to strive for um you mean jewish men
0: yeah
1: okay well i'm a jewish man <laughs> <laughs> so um so i think it really goes back to what i said before it's about kind of like healing myself so like the the people that will have the biggest impact on myself will be the jewish men. it also happens to be true so it'll be most healing for me but it also happens to be true that um it 's the people I know my experience well enough, so I know the culture, and I think that there aren 't enough qualified people in, in, in within this niche because it 's very difficult for, for an outsider to get the intricacies of Jewish culture. You look at today, you look at the news like uh, people are not to bring in politics, but i 'll do it anyway to help, how like the news will like vilify let 's say Hasidic jews etc and they 're not following the rules and this and that, and they 're uneducated and they just it's just total judgment out of ignorance. They don't understand what the benefits are of those cultures, society. So I feel like, and then to have someone that really gets Jewish men, that without all the shaming and um, ignorance that comes that from, from outsiders, I think it's really important to have people who are insiders that also have the credentials, training, experience, and have proven results in their lives. So that's, that, that's where I was coming from.
0: I love that you highlighted it because, you know, I came from South Florida and there's a lot of Jewish, you know, people in South Florida and it was the only place that I've ever lived where I saw it, you know, the bakeries and, you know, um, the facilities and the centers and, you know, you don't see a lot of Jewish communities everywhere. They're kind of in pockets, which leaves people to be um, uneducated about it you know, and and in certain areas, you'll see the populations, but it's not something that people talk about regularly. So people aren't familiar with the expectations, people aren't familiar with the culture, the lifestyle. And I think that it is extremely important for more coaches to work in fields where people feel isolated, because that we all need validation, we all need advocacy, and we all need support. And I think that's what coaches bring to the table. As we, you know, navigate through life, it's extremely hard to find people that can help us, you know, overcome different stages of life. Because we, we may go through, you know, high school and be like, got out of there. Think we're all, you know, gravy. Get into college and it's like, I need help. I need advocacy. I need support, you know. And And so being, you know, a Jewish male, I'm glad to meet somebody that is there for them because I haven't met anybody else that specializes in that particular population. And so I want to thank you for saying yes to your calling and to your voice and even your work. You know, you went to Israel for four years, like, and studied Jewish law. I'm like, and you're like, I'm just 26 please. Do you know what 26 year olds are doing? They're not thinking about studying Jewish law. They're not thinking about starting their own business, nor are they two years into their PhD. So I commend you. I thank you for being who you are. And I thank you for representing your culture and standing proud in who you are.
1: Wow. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's so validating. Thank you so much
0: it's important, you know, and I think we don't get that validation enough. And, you know, as me and you talked about, you know, doing what we do is not an easy thing to say yes to. And it's not easy to endure. You know, we, we go through a lot of hard times. And I think, you know, it's, it's just kind of dismissed. It's like, oh, they're just a business owner. Oh, they're just an entrepreneur, oh, They're just a coach. As you said, the, the perception is often, you know, not so, so kind, but no, it's, it's extremely important. So tell listeners and viewers how
1: to find you. So my primary presence is at Coach Benson Fox. Um, You know, if you're a Jewish male, you know, probably not all your listeners are, but if you are, then there's, I do have a group, Jewish Men for Joy, Balance, and Growth. You know, that's the name of the group, Jewish Men for Joy, Balance, and Growth. And, but if you're looking just just to like reach out to find me um, at anything, look up Coach Benson Fox, Instagram, Facebook. Well, I think primarily Facebook and LinkedIn. Go on my website, CoachBensonFox.com. Yeah, you could just always reach out, um, re- email results at CoachBensonFox.com, etc. So, yeah, and I look forward to hearing back from you guys to hear what you thought of this podcast, get your feedback, and, yeah, get your insight about all, all the points that were brought up, A lot to cover.
0: I think that it was extremely informative. Um, You know, it's things that we really need to break down more. And I think education is extremely important. So I hope listeners see the value in what we do. So I want to thank you for coming on. It was definitely a pleasure meeting you. And do you have any last words of motivation for our listeners?
1: (laughs) Well, I'll say first thing, thank you very much for having me. This was a very big honor and very good experience for me. Helped boosting me up a bit. And, um, yeah, I would just say that – I would just tell the listeners that in, or, in your growth journey, there is no need to throw away any part of yourself. And the, the pain that you've went through in your life is not the fault of any one part of yourself. And I would just say that in your journey, don't throw away – don't throw away your past don't throw away your parents, don't throw away your family, don't throw, don't throw away your fear, and just, just be you and learn to integrate and bring it all to the table. Um, and, and then that's how you'll get to your joy, balance, and growth in your life.
0: Best said by Coach Vincent Fox. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. I'm Anika Wilson, and as always, stay powerful.